Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 102. Today, we're going to be talking with Triple Crown runner, Ben Light. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. We are on episode 102, sitting in Studio 78 at Mount Ogden Park, home of the Ogden Trail Running Festival. That's right. Oh, nice like that? play. I like that. I like that, right? So we've got a guest in our in the bus today in Studio 78. We've been dying to get on the show. Yes. Literally, for a long time. Uh, worked out, drove down from Heber City. we got Ben Light with us today. Ben, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Th- thanks for coming down. We're... Uh, super excited about this because we cannot i'm jumping into it we cannot wrap our heads around a 200 mile race no (laughs) (laughs) we've both done hundreds right we still can't wrap our head around those even though we've done them but 200 has had us questioning things for over a year anytime it gets brought up we just kind of look at each other and shake our heads so we're gonna we're going after you today we got to figure this out that's good (laughs) so give us a little background just of yourself kind of how you got into running before we get into 200s give us a little background not a problem i'll just give you like a real quick quick cliff notes version so i i haven't been in uh ultra running uh all that long about four or five years okay um very interested in uh uh just the whole um, adventure. I like adventure. And so one day I was, uh, just moved to Utah. I've always been into fitness, uh, started to do a lot of triathlon training and stuff, um, prior to living in Utah and then doing some of these, uh, Ragnars and just doing some running and stuff, but I've never, I hadn't even done even a half marathon yet. Um, and so me and my brother were hiking, uh, Mount Tipinogos and, uh, just as we were getting, towards the saddle all of a sudden this uh older gentleman with uh no shirt on just some shorts and uh, a double-fisted uh handhelds in both hands which i just assume now looking back on it was probably davy crockett <laughs> <laughs> so I'm and through, through my head i'm trying to figure out who that was too. yeah no shirt. and so i'm like uh i'm like man this guy is just one stud dude i was just like <laughs> this older gentleman just coming down i'm like hey can i bother you and t- ask you how long and he said just it was like 212 or something. I just remember something about 210 over, uh, that stuck out in my head, and I'm just like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> and so I started to get into trail running. Um, uh, ended up on a Ragnar team um, with one of the actually uh, bountiful uh, trail runners um, up here, and uh, uh, one of my good friends, Matt. And 
basically then he got me introduced to the Wrangler group mm-hmm. and then um, started hanging out with all these just <laughs> bad A's, you know, just bad influences. <laughs> what the bad ultra influences. runners are <laughs> ran my first 50 K and then got uh, kind of a random email asking um, actually. And this kind of goes into everything is uh, I used to do some backcountry skiing with uh, Stephen Jones. Okay. Uh, and so Stephen Jones was telling me, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this Tahoe 200, <laughs> and this is 2014. I'm going to do this Tahoe 200, you know. He's telling us all about it on this backcountry trip, and I'm like, that is ridiculous. And uh, so I got a random email from a, from a friend that um, had a coworker that had a <laughs> daughter-in-law that's from Georgia coming out to run the Tahoe 200 and need pacers. Would I be interested? I said, Sure. So let alone uh, signed up uh, to be this pacer, showed up, ended up being the only uh, pacer for this uh, this girl. Uh, her name's uh, Lauren Kajorkins from uh, from Georgia, and um, so ended up it, all said and done, ended up pacing her a hundred miles. <laughs> <almost>. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the Tahoe 200, the very first year. Oh. And uh, I had the bug. Uh, came back, uh, paced my friend uh, Nate Younger at the Bear for fi- uh, almost 50 miles. Right. Two weeks later, and then two weeks <laughs> later after that, uh, did my first 50-miler uh, at TNF 50. Okay. And uh, just kind of got the bug. The f- next <laughs> year going into that, um, I... Stephen Jones convinced me to run the Tahoe 200, so I <laughs> messaged the RD, the race director, uh, Candace Burt, and said, hey, I am interested in running 2015's uh, Tahoe 200, and uh, she said, we, at that time, you needed a qualifier of 100, and so I right. so I signed up for the Tahoe 200 before I, si- I had even done 100, <laughs> and then did went and did the Bryce 100. Oh, was uh, your qualifier. For, for the qualifier. Nice. <laughs> so it wasn't like you wanted to do 100, but you had to, to and, do the 200. And it wasn't necessarily the 200 that was the, the, the catch appeal. I grew up in Reno, Nevada, okay. and Tahoe 200 went around through the Rubicon where I went jeeping all the time. Mm-hmm. It went around Desolation, which I went backpacking all the time. It went around, it pretty much did the uh, TRT. It went all the way around Lake Tahoe where I grew up going every summer and so and every winter for skiing. And I'm just like, to run around that lake in the mountains and to have that kind of like just that under my belt, that's just... That's awesome. And so that was the appeal. <laughs> it wasn't the distance. That right. was the appeal. Kind of going home. And then after that first one, oh, my gosh, I'm hooked. I'm just, it's just, it's it's awesome. So that what year was that, 2015? That was 15. So I did the, I've done the Tahoe 200, 15, 2015, 2016, and now 2017. Okay. Have you done any other, like, 100 milers in that time frame as well? I did the Zion 100. Okay. Um. And that's it. I've done two hundreds. Right. I've done Zion and Bryce. How many two hundreds have you done then? Uh, I have completed five. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thousand miles. (laughs) Quick math, right? (laughs) So uh, the obvious question is, I mean, do you just have something against the hundred mile distance now where you're just like, that's not even worth it? Not even worth packing my bags for? So I have one gear on my running style. What's that? It's just, it's like kind of grinding, right. you know, just like this grind. And I can keep that speed from beginning to end. Most people go out strong and then kind of pitter off. And then I start 
catching them and passing them at the end. So right. I figured out that if I want to be successful in ultra running and like place well, I need to go after the farther distances mm-hmm. because <laughs> I only have one speed. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. And the shorter the distance, the farther back in the back I am finishing. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> I guess that's a we good way to justify that, that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I go slow, so I'm going to have to go 200. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right? So I'm going to just throw out some, some numbers here, and then we can really get into it. But so this right. year, this is uh, 2017. Okay. Uh, in August, August 10th, you did the uh, Bigfoot 200, uh, 69 hours, 17 minutes. I'm not trying to giggle, but these numbers are just blowing me away. <laughs> Tahoe 200 was a month later, 9-8, okay, September 8th, uh, 71 hours, 33 minutes. And then lastly, the Moab 200, which is really 238, 240 miles. Um, that was in October t- 13, so another month away about. Uh, 85 hours and three minutes. Combined time, three races, 225 hours and 53 minutes, which I will give you was second overall. Uh, third. Third, third overall? overall? Third Okay, overall. third overall for the Triple Crown, which 11 people completed. Out That's of amazing. 24 or 23 that, wow. that started. Yeah, it. and I think the second, after the Tahoe, I think there was like 15 left, and then yeah. the last one... Lost four that last more, one was brutal. <laughs> it, it, it was it was brutal. It was brutal on the body because your body's just had enough. So. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, two hundred's not. I mean, but two thirty eight. I mean, that's where you break down, right? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> you just did four hundred miles before that. <laughs> that's just. I just. I can't. I still can't wrap. What was. What was your, out of those three, not looking at time, was that the hardest one, the Moab? It, it was the hardest one for me. Um, I don't do well, as well in the in the heat, I guess okay. you can say. And that first day was definitely hot and exposed, no real cover. And then um, you, the first, you only had two aid stations up to 55 miles. So you had your first one like 10 miles in, and then your second one was at mile 35 and then you had to go up to mile 55 and so um i i made a mistake uh not pulling my bladder out of my pack when i filled it up at mile 10 gotcha um i really hadn't been drinking that much it was night it was cold that's the thing about moab it's cold in the morning so you're just not drinking as much and so i i was like oh i probably didn't drink too much and so i just left it inside my pack which squeezed it a little bit right. filled it topped it off didn't put much in it and so five miles outside of 35 uh, aid station which is called breaking bad <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i ran out of water uh and then i started to being five miles out and only having about i usually carry a front um bottle that has my scratch in it uh concentrated um, and so it was like half gone already. So I knew I probably had about five gulps with five miles. So I just started rationing and just taking a gulp every mile. Then coming in, I was, I was already in that bonk stage of oh. like depleted, right. dehydrated. You don't even feel the, the, you know, sweat basically right. because it's just evaporating Rafi as fast as you're sweating. And that was mile 55? That was mile, that was mile 35. 35. So you're 35. bonking. At yeah. 30, so you only so had like 200, 200 miles something to go. So yeah, that's and that's a that's a psychological, <laughs> like that's a mind game right there. Right? I got a yeah. rally. I got a little ways to go. <laughs> Came into that, you're like mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was the heart. What was your out of the three? What would you consider? Is t- 
Tahoe is that your favorite one? Just because that's where you Tahoe's grew up. Tahoe's my favorite, just because it's my my bread and butter. Okay. It's right. it's it's one of these races that I really do consider I'll probably doing every year. Okay. And, you know, you hear about some of the different uh, ultra runners running Wasatch like twenty years. Right. You know, I'd love to to be that person that's done Tahoe the last 20 years straight. Well, that would be amazing. But if you did it 10 years, you'd catch the 20-year Wasatch you runners because you're doubling <laughs> up on them. So. See, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, apples to apples here, right? right? That's true. Um, so, let me, so let's go back to, let's just get in, like Bigfoot 200 was the first one, but you've done them in the past, so it's not like you were going into Bigfoot without Bigfoot, a 200. Bigfoot, I've crewed and uh, attempted the year before. So okay. I crewed the I've been to Bigfoot every year since it started. Okay. Uh, I crewed DJ um, the first year. Okay. That was his first 200. And then last year we both were attempting the double and so I started out on Bigfoot um, ran out of water uh, started going through some major dehydration and ended up uh, during a nice uh throwing up session going up a uh p- over a pass um actually popped a rib oh. while i was like s- muscle spasming oh, and and throwing up at the same time and so I, I didn't realize what it was i've never popped a rib before and so it took another like two hours to go the next five miles to the aid station they had already been given my bib number by some of the other passing racers and uh so I didn't know what was wrong with me. The EMT really didn't know what was wrong with me because I just knew my back right side hurt. And they th- they were thinking kidney, so they radioed the RD. Uh, Candace Candace is just like, if we don't know what it is, he doesn't know what it is, and it hurts, let's just go ahead and pull him for safety, for safety reasons. Right. So I got pulled. I didn't argue. It was the right thing to do. Um, ended up going to the finish line where my wife met me. She's a massage therapist and uh, bonus is yeah it's very much a bonus. <laughs> she honestly she comes into play into the triple crown more than you'd ever even know. I'm sure. Um, but uh, she's like feeling around on my back and she's like, I really think you got a rib out. And so she's like, you know, eventually she uh, just got me to like trust her, <laughs> <laughs> and she pops my rib back in and right. it was instant relief. Yeah. Oh. So. I was just like devastated, but there's just no way to know in that. So sure. I ended up going back in, crewing uh, DJ, um, pacing him another like about 30 miles. Uh, I had already done about 35 when I got pulled. Uh, it was just right at the beginning of the race. Did another 30 with him. Saw him to his third place finish last year. And then I went back out and there was a gentleman that I met at Tahoe the year before that helped me while I was going through this situation. He ended up going and uh, hi- uh, running a mile to get water at a spring and come back to me to help me out. Oh, wow. wow. And it was a really nice thing that he did. It's something that you you don't really see in other racing, like yeah. triathlon and, and uh, road racing. But in ultra, you get this type of uh, community that, that has that type of uh, uh, personality and traits. And so um, comes back to me, gives me the water, helps me to the spring and stuff. So I went back out after DJ 
and uh, paced him the last 30 miles back in, too. So you still got um, about 100 miles of running in that week. <laughs> so I got about 100 miles of running at Bigfoot, but right. and then I went on uh, a month later to do the Tahoe. Right. So we're, you know, I apologize right off the bat. We're going to be jumping around all over here because oh, yeah. there's just too much to miss. Like I just oh, there's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Too. So l- let me ask you this because we we hmm. always on this show we talk about the trail running community, the ultra community, how it's tight knit. You know, it's kind of like what you're talking about. But I I'd imagine that the 200 mile community, you have your own community within that because oh, yeah. I see the same names. Yeah. People you see a lot of the same faces. People right. say hi to you, and you're not next. You know that they look familiar, but you don't really know their name, but they know your name. Right. Uh, some some lady came up to me just here at Moab, and when I was when we were out there running, she goes, "Are you Ben Light?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she goes, "You saved my my race last year at you know by you know telling me not to drop at this or telling me um, some ideas of doing this and stuff like that." I, I'm not exactly. I can. She looks familiar. <laughs> I can't exactly remember, but I I guess I. I, I said Fair something enough. that uh, affected her and that helped her out. Right. That's awesome. Cause I, I, every time I see the, the pictures and everything, it's like names even on the finishers right. thing. It's like this, it's this like core the, group. It's like the niche of the niche. Yeah, it really right. is. Like ultra runners get this this thing, oh, you're 100 milers and you've got this crew, but right. you jump it up to the 200 area. Well, it shrinks it even more. It shrinks even to that circle a little bit more, it seems like. Yeah. Um, what's what's Candace like, the RD? Oh, she's a she's a fireball. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, that's somebody <laughs> you need to have on the. You need to have on. You would uh, have to be a fireball to met. stay motivated and organize. Yeah. Oh, very organized. Right. It, she she does a very good good job on the, her races. Very well marked. She cares really cares a lot about how the markings are. Um, uh, there's been some hiccups in some of the beginning races, but where oh. you know what race doesn't have their hiccups in and stuff yeah. like that. But um, overall, like uh, the volunteers, let me just say this: like I'd have to say, Bigfoot's probably the best for volunteers. The volunteers at Bigfoot, I mean, uh, they're out there at 200 miles. So if you're a volunteer, the second half of a race. Um, you're out there for like two days or even a day and a half, no, depending. That's a good point, right? Yeah. And so, so it's spread out. It's a big deal. Like you volunteer. It's a. It's it's these guys are the. You know, they definitely need a. You know, a, an applaud for for how much that you know they give back to the the race. So that community. brings up a whole other set of questions on the volunteer side. So if you're expecting to see runners come through your aid station over the course of 48 hours, how do you stock and prepare that aid station? Because yeah. you're not going to make PB&J and leave it out. No. <laughs> right? In Moab. For so, yeah, you know, you, you'll get some PB&J. You'll get some uh, quesadillas, just like a regular race up to about probably about mile 50. At mile 50 is when the real good food starts <laughs> to really kick in. Oh, tell us. <laughs> like, so Bigfoot this year, I ate 11 hamburgers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so we're we're talking about calorie intake. People ask me how many calories do you intake during these races. I'm like, yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, You're I, like, I don't care. Just, as like, just getting the I you know I know exactly how many calories I'm going to intake in between yeah. aid stations. But at an aid station, it's like, okay, what's on the menu? And so are they fixing stuff to order? Do you? I mean, do I, they set the menu like a mile out for you guys to look at? There's one that does it, Tahoe. See, that that's will awesome. Actually post it on a tree. Isn't that a good idea? And it says this is what you have to look forward to. You know, think about what you want when exactly. you get in and let us oh, know. Oh, that'd be great if they had an order slip too. Because I'd imagine at these races, it's not like the like hundreds or other races where it is. It's like people don't go into a aid station thinking, "Okay, I got to get in and out." 
Yeah. Just feel my what you're like. I'm coming in. I'm hanging out. I'm taking care of business. I mean, yeah, is that kind of more what it's like too? You'll get a lot of first time two hundreds that are they're more concerned about finishing. Yeah. And, right. You know, and uh, that's how I've always been up until like this triple crown was it. I was racing like Bigfoot. I was racing um, Tahoe. I was racing. Started out racing Moab. And then went into pretty much kind of a survival mode for a little while, and then right. went back to racing to make sure I, I like, got my third place because there was a gentleman that um, was about eleven hours behind me that was actually in front of me <laughs> at Moab. <laughs> <laughs> he was gotcha. eleven hours behind me overall standings, right. but I couldn't let him beat me by eleven hours <laughs> no. at Moab, so I had to. You had to get on it. I had to start That's, chasing him. Yeah. These numbers just baffle me. I know. I'm not kidding. Uh, he couldn't beat me by 11 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine some of the listeners out there that just aren't in? Okay, so, <laughs> so you're you're at, you're at the point now where you're racing these. You're comfortable enough. So when you go into an aid station, how do you approach that now? It, so let's break it let's, up. The first ra- hundred in miles, racing mode. In yeah. racing mode. In racing mode. Okay, I pull in. Um, if it's a if it's a cruise station where my wife is and everything like that, she knows exactly. I have everything dial, dialed in, so mm-hmm. I basically hand her my pack. Um, she's basically uh, usually I had another per, another crew with her and stuff like that, either my daughter or another volunteer. So basically, they fill up the water. They have a three liter bladder every time. Fill it all the way up, do my scratch, uh, and then I have pre bags loaded with that particular segment where they pull out the old stuff put in the new stuff take out the garbage put in you know and everything and then um while that's happening i'm basically telling the aid station okay this is what i'm interested in eating and i'm just pounding down like a hamburger put back on my pack uh, pound down whatever i can and just have something in my hand going out of the aid station okay so five minutes Wow. Oh my gosh, that's a lot in five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, five minutes was my my average time. That's going, amazing. Going into Tahoe. Wow, that's like NASCAR, man. I mean, when it you're talking serious is. like that. Yeah. Well, you got someone that'd taking be, care of you. So that would be fast for a hundred miler. Oh, for you know sure. What I mean? Oh yeah. If, if you're doing five minutes at each aid station. When huh. you start running into issues like feet issues, uh, um, uh, blisters or anything like that, or something that needs to be worked on, like the IT band and stuff. Then um, you start to needing to take a little bit of extra time. So, um, <laughs> so did that happen? Does that happen often, or do you? I hate to even say this, but do you your feet and stuff? Do they get used to it? Yeah, like it all. It all. It, it really all depends. My feet were perfect um, at Bigfoot until towards the end. Towards the end, we had uh, about four river cro- uh, three three or four river crossings that we had to go through. Um, I, I decided that I was in race mode, and um, I was just going to just not even worry about it. So I had my I had Dry Max. I was wearing Dry Max. And I was wearing the uh, Temps from Ultra. Um, I ended up getting just a little bit of some blistering just because the there are some steep sections right at the end of Bigfoot, and uh, put a lot. Uh, and plus, I was I was huffing it, so. Um, I ended up getting a little bit of uh, some some blistering right towards the end of Bigfoot, which compounded at Tahoe because mm. just because there's only three and a half weeks from the time you finish Bigfoot, there's three and a half weeks until you actually tow the line at Big at Tahoe. So things just aren't totally healed up, and right. then uh, um, just they they kind of 
blew up a little bit right about mile like 120 and then so i started having some uh blistering and started taping and stuff like that okay so no, nothing really big just taping and maintenance and maintenance huh. what's your is uh was bigfoot this year was that like your pr for a 200 yeah oh was yeah it? 69 and 69 at bigfoot I, I was very happy with that and i i could have probably got a little bit faster but um that's always hindsight, you know, yeah. like I could have done this and this and this. But um, and so I really do think uh, it makes it uh, uh, even a faster time. A 65 would be even attainable. So I think if I ever do it again, that'd probably be more of a some, a goal, I For guess you could say. It. And then Tahoe, I know I can do a, a sub 60 if, if the stars <laughs> aligned. Wow. So when you say 69 and sub 60 is that continuous movement or are you taking a nap somewhere that's still three uh, that's still three hours worth of sleeping um so i do 90 minute uh naps you can hit two rem cycles in a 90 minute sleep in a 90 minute sleep cycle and two rem cycles is really what the body kind of needs to to really function really well an average person i think they say hits like four a night so you hit your first two in the first 90 minutes, and then you're kind of come out of it for, for a couple hours, and then you go back in, and then you come out of it, and then you wake up. So hmm. uh, to have half your, like, the core of your sleep done in the first 90 minutes, wake up, it, it, that's, psychologically, that is the most brutal part of, ultra, of the 200s, is the actually waking up from a 90-minute nap, 120, 130 miles in, uh, second or third day, second day of running, and then uh, just getting back out there, especially in the cold, dark, usually, if you're sleeping at, at night. That's like, yeah, you got you got to dig deep and a good kick in the pants and a nice uh, red line with a lot of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, was, that's what I'm thinking is that, to me, that it would be. It's just like waking up knowing... Right. I could still do this, right? Yeah. Oh man, I could close my eyes again, and this is where I want to be. Or no, I gotta. Don't yeah. believe me. March it's on. Like, I'll tell my wife. I'm like, like the first year she crewed me, um, I went to sleep, and then I woke up, and it was like three hours later, and I was like, what? And I like freaked out, and I was like, why is it three hours later? <laughs> and she goes, well, I I woke you up in, in an hour and a half, and I I and y you said you wanted to go back to sleep for for another hour and a half. I'm like, you asked me if I wanted to go back to sleep for another hour and a half? Of course. <laughs> like, I have no recollection of this. You don't ask me. You make me get up. Right. It's like you smack me until I get up. So when you do sleep, you sleep at the aid stations, though, when yeah. you do? Yeah. It, now, some There's, people I've seen that will sleep wherever the they're trail. at, right? Yeah. To me, that would be scary. That like, That is, like is nerve-wracking because right. I've tried to kind of like lay down and take a little nap uh, every once in a while, but... It's just like when you're driving in your car and you're like so tired at the wheel and you're like, oh, I got to pull over. And you pull over and you just sit there. Or like you like trade driving with your with your wife so she can drive while you take a nap. Mm -hmm. And the minute you get in that that passenger seat, you're just like, I can't sleep. Right. So it's it's I, I have to pull in. I have to. And I, I can't do it during the day either. I need I need to sleep at night. Okay. You, are you able to fall asleep? Like, oh, like I'm that? Gone. Really? So I'm, uh, I I have Normatec boots, and so I'll I have a rooftop tent on my Jeep, mm -hmm. and I'll have have my wife set that up, and then I'll get up in there and I'll throw on the Normatec boots and set it on. A, so what are those? Explain. Uh, this. They're uh, 
air compression boots that right. actually help uh, flush lactic acid and help blood flow. So, so it's, it's kind of like, like a getting a massage, return, right? a soft massage while you're um, sleeping. So I can right. actually, um, they have a battery back. Um, I'll take a, like a Go Zero up there and plug mm-hmm. it in and, and basically uh, run an hour and a half cycle while I'm sleeping. I won't even, it doesn't even phase me. Wow. This is just mind-blowing See, stuff. that's just more details that I never even thought about. Yeah. And it's just strategy. Not everybody does it. I mean, some of these some of these 200s are hard. In my mind, they're way more hardcore because, one, they because won't have Because they're crew. 200 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Two, they'll just do the, uh, they'll, they'll have their sleeping bag drop bag, and they'll pull it out, and they'll just go into it on a cot. You've got and, the glamping thing down. going I'm, on, right? Yeah, <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> so it's like, I, I need all the help I get, I guess. Now, does other people that don't sleep, or I mean, you're forced to at 70, 60, 80, whatever you're hours. You're not forced to do anything. You can decide. There's there's a lot of people. There's very few. I'd even say, I don't even, I can't even think of one. Maybe even this last uh, this last uh, Moab, two, the 240, um the winner, she uh, she said that she slept for 20 minutes, and that's pretty light. I mean, wow. that's to me, that's just like a cat nap. She yeah. did do it fast, but still, 58 hours. So most people that try, there's every race there. There's always this these people that like they get to about 150 and they go, I I really think I can do it. I really think I can do it. But when they when their brain decides to switch. From going from processing um, coherency to totally, we call it in zombie mode. It happens like it could happen within a mile. So, just to give you an example, without like throwing anybody under the bus or embarrassing anybody, uh, we came across a runner. Um, she was in a very top position, the top position um, in Bigfoot this year. And I, th- she, I mean, she was so close. Uh, she just needed it. She's second to the last aid station. Um, and that she, means something different. She lost. <laughs> she, she, she snapped. Like it was the third night, and oh my gosh. Uh, we came across uh, uh, one of my good friends, Derek Little. He was mm-hmm. uh, contracted by Ultra to do a. He, they're doing a um, kind of a documentary on me and Mike um, for these uh, Triple Crown. And he was waiting for us on a ridge, and he came across this the, this this racer, and he, she was just wandering. And she's on the ridge. You got to understand, this is a full on mountain. It's on a ridge, has cliffs. Oh my goodness! And um, uh, cl- clouds rolled in the Cascades, and uh, it was a really cold cloud. Uh, I we came out of that aid station in our puffies. Like I ran wow. that whole section in a puffy because it was so cold. Um, just the, the, the temperatures were changing and she was up there. And so he came across her and she, she didn't know, she like barely knew her name. Oh my goodness. Uh, barely knew where she was at. Um, he's trying to point her in the right direction. And did you go to this? Cause the, uh, the aid station was an out and back. Oh. And, um, did you go down there? She, he said, yes, but she, he's like, I don't really think she did. I think she missed the, the, uh, out and back of the turn. I mean, there's tons of these stories. Uh, we something happened at Tahoe. We came, uh, t- Mike came across a runner that totally lost sense of direction, um, hmm. and he was in the top position. And because he just wanted to take it all the way in without doing the sleep, and the minute that it's usually that third night they can get through that second. <laughs> oh my gosh! That third night, it's like they 
they're gone. She, like this, this girl thought she was in a time warp. Uh, she's talking about some time warp in another dimension. She threw awesome. her trekking poles off a cliff. Oh my god! Luckily, she didn't throw herself off the yeah, cliff. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, like it's scary. It's really scary stuff. A lot of people get lost the third night. Um, that's when they have the most instances yeah, at Bigfoot. Um, Holy cow! Because they. They just, even though you see a flag, sometimes it doesn't register. Sometimes it just right. doesn't, you know, if you, maybe you see a deer trail and you think that's the trail. They, I mean, there's people that have gotten off of trail, like off the course miles and miles and miles. And, and, and it's just like, that's that on a whole new dynamic to the, the whole entire 200 race. But I'd have to say that third day is when the endorphins do kick in. Um, if you are sleeping and it's pretty kind of unreal, you know, in my mind, it's, it's kind of a drug in a way yeah. to where you're just like, this is so awesome. Huh. Man. So most of the people get lost. Are they the ones that are trying to go the whole race without sleep? I, I really think the people that are, that are getting lost towards the end are, are there's some type of sleep deprivation okay. going on. Either they've tried to sleep and haven't been successful hitting those REM cycles to get that, um, ability to just process. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, even a 20 minute nap will help the, that your mind kind of align, right. re- realign. Yeah. So do you see that now, would that be just another advantage really to having a pacer at that point just yeah. to kind of keep you not just on track, but kind of safe, right? Safe and keeping you, uh, eating, keeping you, um, yeah, I'd, I've I've paced a couple different uh, people people, and I've seen them fall asleep standing up. Mm-hmm. You know, just totally lights out. Um, some people can't even remember the segment. You know, it's just like driving. You know, you get home, you're like, or you you like, oh my gosh, I just went ten miles and I don't even remember it. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, it's it's that exact same oh, thing. It's so like, nice. You go 10 miles and not, <laughs> not remember it. <laughs> right? I mean, just in, like in your daily run, yeah. you get back to the car, you're like, right on. <laughs> I got 10 miles and I don't remember that. Let's do that again. We need to figure out a way of doing that. We'll be millionaires. That's right. So what's it, what's it like to, I mean, is it difficult to get pacers at stuff like this? Because that is what's so... What's the commitment level like? Because it's a little the, higher, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Bigfoot's obviously the hardest for us here in Utah. Yeah. Uh, Bigfoot being... it's almost a 14 hour drive away. You're isolated. Um, uh, it's, it's, that's probably the hardest one this year. I ended up with just one pacer besides, uh, um, having my uh, wife pace me in in the last section. Um, and it was just a volunteer that knew somebody from here that sent out a little, like little blurb saying, Hey, I got a friend going up to do Bigfoot and this particular, uh, girl she responded and and i didn't even really realize that she was gonna even kind of show up i was i knew a little bit but maybe and all of a sudden i pulled into an aid station she was there she paced me 10 miles and then she had to go wow but it was you know it's better than nothing that's, that's a, a very nice act you know yeah, right there, even, there should be a website service about that it's like hire a pacer it's just yeah. these especially these 200s Gentlemen, you need to talk to gentlemen. Gentlemen's talked about total like this whole pimping out pacing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like no, like you know, it's like the Uber of pacing. Yeah, exactly. Swipe right. 
Well, cause <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you know, like if you pace a hundred miler, right? Because we've done that. You pay somebody like, "Hey, here's my chart." On a good, if I'm doing really well, I'll be there at two a.m. If I'm yep. having a bad day, it's four a.m. Well, yep. then you're saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to be there at one a.m. because I don't want to miss you." Right. But at a two hundred, well, it could be. It could be like a ten it, hour window. Big, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Or I could, I could be like at Tahoe, my first hundred miles. I. I was uh, three hours ahead of my fastest time. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so that would be that'd be a difficult. But I mean, your mindset because if you're in a hundred mile race as a runner, you've got all the things to worry about. But in the back of your mind too, you're wondering if your pacer is going to be there. Yeah, you kind of like that. I, I would imagine a two hundred mile. You just basically need to understand. Hey, I'm I I can't worry about anything else. Have you done right? one by just by yourself? Uh, not not that Bigfoot would have been the closest thing. Right. Okay. So. Um, so you have someone for like 10, 15 miles. <laughs> yeah, that that ten mile section, and then um, Brittany at the end for the last thirteen. Okay. Right. See, and I'm thinking when she said he says the last aid station, I'm thinking five, six miles, and it's like thirteen. So right. Yeah, yeah it's the, a little different. The spacing on these is a lot different, for sure. So, what kind of time do you put into planning for the race? Like, you've got say it's Bigfoot 200, right? I mean, you your spreadsheet, your your chart, your stuff. I mean, you've got to be going a lot of time into planning or else you could really be in trouble in that race, right? You'd, you'd think so. <laughs> nice, I like it. Yeah. Just on a whim. Just Gotta stop at the quick uh, mark yeah, before exactly. the start line. It's Get the Bahama Mama. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like, uh, so Tahoe was probably the most organized one for myself. Um, and then I saw how much even my organization kind of goes out the window once the race start the race starts and charts and stuff but the chart is the most important thing for pacing and everything else and it's, it's basically it gives you a base okay. um, so what I'll do is I'll just uh, basically take uh, all the aid stations the distances and the verts because the vert depends on it will, will make a difference between uh, speed yeah and um, just basically uh, calculate that from there and do a three different um, what I want is the second and the middle um, time, and then a fast and a slow gotcha. average, and then send that off and make assignments for my pacers, and then send that off to uh, um, to the team, and they can just kind of gauge off of that. And uh, if they're cell service, Brittany can update the team and just basically say he's ahead of schedule or he's behind schedule. Gotcha. Right. But other than that, um, and that just tells me how much food to take. I, I usually eat about two to two hundred fifty calories every uh, um, every hour. So, and just it doesn't depends on how much distance I co I cover. What are the, what do those calories consist of generally for you? So for me, uh, the most probably the the average calories that I I do are Cliff Bars. Okay. I really like uh, you know the different. Uh, Variety of Cliff Bars, right. but uh, Glucose is a sponsor okay. of mine, and Glucose, um, by far for me, is like uh, a game changer. It's basically a uh, you know most like a Tailwind or most of these different carb uh, style drinks or um, uh, goos and stuff like that, a like a, a, a dextrose and stuff like that. The sugars. This is actually full on glucose and they come in different forms and so i want to make sure i'm getting about 30 to 40 milligrams of glucose within that 250 calories per hour okay. so i try to switch it up like like crazy but 
that's what my nutrition is in between. It's like kind of like a, a keep the, the sugars high. Um, I take a scratch for the electrolytes and stuff right. like that. And then after that, basically, it's the big fats and proteins mm-hmm. and the carbs are in the aid station. Right. Um, and then my go-to right now is uh, mashed potatoes with bacon and uh, top ramen. Uh, I like the, uh, the the sodium that comes from the top ramen. That's a total and then, dude. And then <laughs> meal right there, yeah, right? Hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see? Hamburgers with lots of ketchup, mayonnaise, and mustard to help me chew it. Okay. Just because you just don't produce the saliva that you need right. to. Right. So do you have, I mean, you'd, you'd imagine you would, but do you have stomach issues through this? Or oh, yeah. It's, I, you know, I, like, just like a 100-miler? I mean, that's the only thing I can come close to even thinking about. Yeah. But. So I have, uh, I've had... Almost in every one of my races, I had stomach issues up until this year when I, I kind of dialed it in with Bigfoot and Tahoe. Didn't have stomach issues at all. And what I found was um, eat every 30 minutes. It's okay. almost like having a food IV. You, uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's, it's like, like Homer <laughs> Simpson having like this hamburger <laughs> donut <laughs> IV, right? Just going in. Well, I you like think it. about it. People will go for so long without uh, digesting food, so their, their stomach goes empty. Um, their blood is going to their extremities and then they throw on like a big, like 200 calorie bar or something into their stomach. And then all of a sudden their body's like, I got to digest that. And it just all depends. You right. know? But if you're always digesting where your body's all always allocating blood to your stomach and you just kind of keep this slow cycle going and not throwing a log on the fire, but keep kind of keeping some kindling, just right. constantly feeding this fire. Um, that's where I found out that the stomach issues, uh, and, and you staying hydrated for me, my stomach issues in, in Moab came from just getting dehydrated. Right. I was still eating, but it was just the dehydration. So do you guys share like in this 200 mile circle, do you guys share information? Cause I imagine there's people that are coming in that want to do it and have no clue what they're yeah. doing. So when Eric does the 240 next yeah, year, right. yeah. he's uh, the well, newbie. Num- num- number one, it's hot. So we're out. <laughs> <laughs> This, I mean, just like any type of ultra ultra racing, I think in the two hundreds, it's there. There's a more of a community to finish. Yeah. Okay. More so than to race. Right. Even in the race uh, um, manuals, it talks about this is a, this is more of a uh, individual a finishing event more so than a competition event kind right. of thing. And so, Candace's uh, uh, Facebook groups are very tight knit. So. Um, you got all, all three of them have their own Facebook uh, Facebook group, and there's all, just a lot of Q and A all year long. People are signing That's up awesome. and, and joining it, and basically Q and A and all the different uh, people that have ran it before and getting ideas and stuff, asking questions. Is that is that kind of how you did, or did, because you knew friends, or were you just kind of like I'm just going for it? I know I just kind of going for it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There wasn't like as it. much information. You had the true. one year before which I paced and saw what worked and what didn't uh second year i went in like i i you know borrowed a, a friend's rv i i i went all in and then saw that i probably went a little overkill and and have toned it back and stuff like that so you learn as you go and and that's the triple crown like i really didn't unpack the whole entire time from bigfoot to moab and i had everything all just consolidated i just right. it's like it's pretty easy to know exactly what you're going to need and just take try to be as minimalist as possible. Well, and especially if you're heading into these aid stations that are stocked with good menus of burgers and whatever else. I mean, that's got to be a huge advantage, it too, is. to where you're not packing that 
heavy solid food or relying on crew yeah at times as well so what are you carrying on yourself because you've already explained what you carry food wise what other items do you have in your in your pack so you're you're basically you're gonna always carry your headlamp because you never know where you're gonna end up right within the segment um, at night or daytime. So you got your headlamp, you got usually backup batteries, and then um, mainly it's uh, uh, exterior outer shell. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll, uh, I'll take a, uh, uh, just like a waterproof windbreaker style right. um, with me. I'll take a buff uh, gloves mm-hmm. just for at night and stuff like that. Half the stuff I, uh, arm sleeves, um, so half the stuff I take, you never use. sometimes you use, sometimes you don't, right. but, um, it, you just never know. It's the mountains, you're right. hitting elevation and you're over a three day period. Weather can change. So you they don't have like required gear at all on these races or do they have some required gear? Like a, a you're, you're required. There, there is required gear. Uh, basically, uh, the, the biggest required gear is probably like your, uh, your coats and your uh, outer layers okay. um, to take. Um, I take a first aid kit. Uh, oh, that's a good idea. So just to, for like blisters, uh, right. I always take Advil. I always take sunscreen. You know, bug repellent just in case. Hmm. So what? Give us an example, and I know it's going to be varied because of the races, but I won't say average. But what's an approximation between like? aid stations right so can you be out there for seven hours or uh, five hours the or closest aid stations i think or some of them are like s- seven miles <laughs> but very few there's only there's maybe less than a handful for all three races okay uh the the average one i would have to say is between as low as 13 but more like 20 21 um for the higher for the higher uh it seemed like moab was constantly between 18 and 20 okay and so almost all of them. time-wise that's like what could be F- five, hours. five five six, six hours, hours. Yeah. that's what okay. my my average was is like if i was doing depending on the vert um it was between five and six hours uh closer the beginning of the race it's it could be a, as low as four hours but nothing lower than that and then um with a lot of vert it's you're looking at about about six hours. So was that hmm. is that difficult where you're doing a 200-mile race, you're so spread out, you don't have as many in the field, so you can go for six hours six without, seeing somebody. without seeing anybody, right? Yeah, you see other racers sometimes. When you, Tahoe, I, didn't, I got to the point where I was alone a lot just because, uh, except for my pacer, um, because I was up in the, the top ten pretty much from about mile 40. And so we kind of stayed up there. But um, uh, Bigfoot, I actually took it easier at the beginning. Kind of went back to mid-pack. And then I I, I enjoyed just kind of picking them off as <laughs> I was... Uh, Reeling the, a minute ago. <laughs> the, after, the, after about 120, I just started just... It, let's see how many I can get on right. this one. Let's see how many. And it just kind of kept my mind busy, kept me motivated since right. I didn't have that many... Pa- I didn't have pacers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And... Just trying to work my way back up. So after taking the sleeps, and everybody else thought that they could take sleeps more towards the end, and just were just deteriorating fast. I think that'd be hard, harder maybe hmm. taking a sleep way late in a race. I trying to get, get back up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Trying to get I back up and having that just hurts that much harder. Yeah, it, does. I mean, it hurts that much worse. So 
I got to say, if you, you keep talking about your wife crewing for something like this, this is like three, four oh. days worth of just waiting it's and hanging week. out, right? Bigfoot's the hardest to crew for. I'll just tell you right now. Bigfoot more so even than uh, Moab or Tahoe. Tahoe is very nice. It's like you almost have civilization between every aid station. Okay. You come back down to the lake, you come out, come over, and you go back up another towards another pass because it kind of just follows that rim. Right. Bigfoot, you kind of follow... Um, you're basically following a mountain range that winds, and you're kind of leapfrogging from one... Um, uh, I, I guess you call it a chain of of a, of a ridge, mm-hmm. and then you got basically a gully and another chain of a ridge, and there's no real roads that the aid stations are on one side and then the other side, then the other side, then the other side, and bouncing back and forth because you're going down and up, down and up, and and basically, and so your crew is driving around Mount St. Helens. <laughs> Then they're coming back around around Mount St. Helens, hitting the next one, then coming back around and out and basically coming up another ravine. Oh. Um, so y- my biggest my biggest advice for crew is always take a gas can <laughs> on Bigfoot because you're you, oh doing that many gosh. miles. So Brittany would have everything ready for me. I'd come in basically 15 minutes, turn and burn in a way at Bigfoot. And then she would just tear down. She would dr- uh, Her biggest thing was, I just want to make sure I get there and find it. Because you're right. running off a of cell service, so you're not using your GPS on your phone. You're using. I loaded maps on a, on basically a Garmin, and then my GPS in my Jeep. And so she would plug in the coordinates, and hopefully it took her to the right thing. And then Candace had really good directions, and so she would do all three just to make sure right. she found these. And they, some of them are pretty remote. And pretty yeah. on a dirt road going through a can you know, like it's pretty. You don't want to break down out there. No, you don't want not at all. You don't want to take the Prius You're not out calling there. anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um she just wanted to get there, get everything ready, so she feels comfortable to where she can like, okay, I can relax now because he looks like he's gonna come in the next three hours. So she's a big triathlete, always training. So what she would do is she would have her tri bike on the back and bring a trainer. And she got to be real, <laughs> she's really well known within these 200s because all these aid station people would like all of a sudden see this, this girl like set up her bike in the middle and of then nowhere. she would do, she would, she would do her, uh, basically a, a, a bike workout. Cause she didn't want to go out, She would love to go out and run, but she didn't right. want to miss me. Yeah. yeah. So this way she had everything ready and she'd be on her bike and I'd pull in sometimes and she'd just hop off her bike, and she's just like, all right, and take care of me and get me a She going. sounds like the chronic overachiever. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, and <laughs> oh, it's, she's, it's lighter. She's pretty, right? she's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's lighter like, than taking a treadmill, too. Yeah. So <laughs> <run on laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> she pull yeah, up a treadmill, right? Extension cord into I think, a generator. I think I complained enough about taking the trainer. I'm like, yeah. I do have a mountain bike that you right. can use. <laughs> it would be awesome if Ultra like, kicked in a, a treadmill for next year for well, you. I mean, Cal, think about like okay, you're running, right? So you've got all this planning, but if you're crewing, I mean, like you said, you oh got you'd have to plan on taking so food stressful. for yourself because you're not yeah. going in and out of she town. She's doing 90 minute sleep cycles too herself. Yeah. Man, so that's, that's so impressive. That's cr- that's like a whole just different dimension when you're talking about it. the running of the 200 is just the crewing. You yeah, know, the planning. I got to take water for myself. Right, food for myself. Yep. Make sure my Kindle's got a backup battery. <laughs> my Kindle, <laughs> so I can read my my trainer. <laughs> you know. Um, God, that's insane. So when you're out, when you're out in those, hmm. 
races, I mean, you see a lot of stuff. Is it pretty normal for people to hallucinate throughout these races? I mean, because 100 milers, they do quite a bit. So I would imagine these, even besides the time warp. Yeah, besides yeah, the time well, warp. People and different talk dimensions. about it all the time. I actually get really jealous that I've never hallucinated. No. I mean, I'll get like. Does that look like something like in the tree, or does oh, that yeah. look like that rock look like something? Is and that then, rock a bear? You know, <laughs> you get closer and you're like, oh, it's just that, you know. But it's not like a full on like, hey, I saw, you know, Bigfoot, you know, for reals kind of thing. <laughs> you know, reals, I reals. swear it was you Bigfoot. Sat down and had a conversation <laughs> with Bigfoot. Sharing your the, jerky. The closest <laughs> thing I got was this last one at Moab, and it was it was a form of deja vu. It was crazy. Uh, Nate Younger was uh, pacing me through the LaSalle's, and we we're going. And he's uh, to help pass the time. He's he's entertaining by re uh, basically retelling me some podcasts um, from Radio Lab that mm-hmm. he was listening to, and he was talking about these different things. And it just hit me all of a sudden, like the trail, the the his story that he was telling me, and I started like telling. I was like telling him like i've heard this story before even though i've never heard it before <laughs> and i'm like telling him what's coming up next and all this stuff and i'm like i'm like this is the f- closest form of hallucination i've ever gotten because it was such a real form of deja vu that, right that i was like his voice him behind me pacing me us running like the headlamps the the trail itself i was like i totally have been here before like <laughs> Like, did you freak I, out? Oh yeah, I was telling him, I, and I like stopped him. I was like, "Hey, Nate, I I am seriously having the craziest form of deja vu right now." That's another like, word for time warp. It is. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> See, Someone, you know, my br- I think it was my brother. or Somebody told me is like deja vu's explained to him that it, it's just that you know you're you you're you are you're you're where you're supposed to be. Like deja oh, vu okay. is in time. You are hmm. where you're supposed to be because everything's lined up. That's the way the universe time checks you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a time puts, check. Puts a time stamp I'm like, on you. You're good. I'm you're like, good. I don't know. I've been here before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is crazy. But that was like the closest thing. So I've never hallucinated myself, but that was by far like, I was like, all right, things are getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> things are getting weird. That's awesome. So give us give us advice joel wants to run a 200 miler oh what what kind of advice How would you, you have that to me you did it to me earlier okay. so there's people out there listening that want yeah. to do it 200 oh yeah and so, and there's so many people especially in even in our tr- our trail running group here right. in the wasatch and stuff that are by far that their talent exceeds some of the talent that's even out there on the oh, 200s sure. it's just that they got to get out there and just do it they gotta wrap their head around well it. i mean it, let, let's it's, look taking that leap of faith of just like believing in themselves that they could do it well it's a the problem is if you've done a hundred miler you know how much it hurts yeah yeah and so you're trying to wrap your head around how am i going to get through another hundred miles yeah how is that possible it's like people saying run wasatch 100 and turn around and go back right they used to do that back in the day but that's what i'm saying is like but you look at it this way though is how many people started off for their first hundred thinking it's it's to me, it's like an evolution of yeah. things, right? Because it used to be the marathon at one point in time. Then you jump into the 50, and they keep increasing mileage. No, wise. this is totally different. But This has got to be different. I, yes it, and no. It is such... You're talking multiple-day event. Well, that's what a 100-miler is from a marathon. Yes, but this is on... <laughs> this is not like a linear progression. This is like exponential jump. Well, I think... It, it is. It's, so it, it is. I don't know if you, if you read... Um, 
uh, Steve Lowry's or uh, uh, Phil Phil Lowry, sorry, Phil Lowry's uh, recap, basically yeah. uh, of which um, one? Bigfoot. Bigfoot. And he's like, I you did. would think that a two hundred would be just twice as hard because it's twice as long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, no, it's like six, seven times as hard. There you go. Because it just incorporates not only double the distance, but double the strategies, double mm-hmm. everything, and it, it's, it's, it compounds, basically. And that's true in a way. And I, I won't lie, it definitely is harder, but here's... <laughs> Here's the here's the here's the here's the selling right. feature, and this is what I kind of had to t- teach Mike and the f- Mike uh, McKnight in the first one was he was really down about his his uh, performance because he was getting really sick, and he was slowing way down from where he wanted to be. And I was like, Mike, and, and this is what I've told other people: you have so much time to recover. Yeah, like in a fifty miler. You get sick, you're not gonna do nearly. You're gonna be mid pack. You know, right. if you get if your stars don't align and you don't get through that race, you're probably gonna be mid pack. A um, hundred miler, uh, you could recover and then you could work your way back up, but you're definitely not gonna be top ten. Right. Two hundred, you can have something seriously go wrong, have to pull and like sleep like six hours or something or or try to recharge or re get get from having stomach issues and still pull a pull off a top three if you know it, it all depends on their day too everybody else's day yeah. everybody in a 200 is dealing with is going to deal with something right depending on whether it be physical emotional psychological there's something they're you're going to run into something and that's and that is part of the uh the coolness of the race is if you are there to do well, don't give up. Right. You never know what's going to happen towards the end of the race, you know. So um, about a 200 is is just learning how to uh, set that up psychologically and uh, don't let yourself beat, beat yourself down and then just kind of pick yourself back up. So in a way, I think a 200 parallels more of a, a life scenario. Or like someone in, in your own life is like, if you're getting beat down and you think it's just you know kind of over, you, you know there's so much more time you know just pick yourself back up and you know, work through it. And I I always call it like doing doing these races kind of like peeling the onion away from you as an ultra runner or you as a person is trying to is really figuring out who you are inside deep down because uh, you really kind of just peel yourself away over those three days and kind of really get grounded on who you are inside because you di- you have to dig deep. So, I mean, it's... And you come out wanting more. Um, <laughs> Phil Lowry's like... Oh, he can't I, get I, enough now. He can't get enough. He's like, I'm, go- I'm, doing, I'm doing the triple next year. he's always had that problem, though. Yeah. Where he, I think he has an addictive personality, and I think he's done a good job of, like, keeping it in check. Except for, you know, when he runs hundreds, he does how many a year now? Like, you know, but a lot. Right? Just like if you gave him a, a dessert or you gave him a meal that he hasn't ever tasted before and he was leery about tasting it, but he's like, all right, I'll try it. And then all of a sudden now he's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, well, he was doing he was doing 100-mile races in between those 200-mile races. Yeah, this year. Yeah. Phil's got an addiction 
problem. <laughs> and I don't think he's ready to admit it. <laughs> we'll admit it for him. Yeah, exactly. But we'll get him on. I mean, we'll, we'll address that. So that's that's a whole other topic. I mean, we kind of we'll go back to that a little bit. But what? How do you train for your first two hundred though? I mean, because oh man, that could be a whole other show, right? Well, because it is. I mean, I get like I'm, from your I'm first the worst person asking me that. Don't okay, well, so that. what was your training like? Yeah, I'm just normal. Just like, jump what's in and do it. Normal like to you. So, probably lead, not any of the other races because you're in just recovery yeah. and taper mode. Between races, it's recovery. Leading up to it, uh, probably on the average between 45 to the high 65 miles per week. Okay. Um, that consists of usually uh, five miles a day, no matter what. Okay. That's kind of like my baseline. And usually a Friday taking off. And Sunday taking off, and then Saturday's usually an adventure. Okay. And I'm not the best numbers person. When I say distances, I can give you that's my average distances, but I'm more about like terrain, psychologically having fun, keeping myself like um, some of the best training I did this year was uh, uh, my one of my good buddies Matt Matt Gallon basically saying, Hey, let's go let's go to Wind Rivers just on a spontaneous trip. Let's go do Grand Teton. Let's go, you know, up Rock Canyon. Let's go do Temp. Just and it's just pretty much you're not on trail. You're on trail for a little while and then you're just off trail and just kinda like climbing, 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 hiking, right. having a good time. And it's just it more of a psychological like being in a good place. I watched so many runners so concentrated on the miles and the numbers mm -hmm. and the time spent. By the time they hit that race, they're so burnt. Right. They are so burnt because they're so consumed with the miles. They're not having a good time. And then psychologically, even going into 100, if you're in a bad place going into 100, it's just like it's hard because your mood, your state of mind makes – and a, a profound amount of energy through your body. Right. And um, if something tragic happens in your life, within your job, your family, your home, that could s like take the wind out from under your wings, you know, in a way. So staying happy going into your race is a huge deal, a huge deal. And so I just like mainly trained with good, um, fast people. Matt's crazy. Yeah. That guy's crazy. Especially on ridges and everything else. And um and then just going out and having fun and just being happy, you know, being happy with stuff and stuff like that. And and uh what's around the next corner? What's over this, you know, mountain, what's over this? And so you take that attitude into the two hundreds because the two hundred is an adventure. It's an adventure. It's not just a race. It's it's a full on full on adventure. Yeah, so besides the fifty miles a week that you run, are you doing any other training? Weight, swimming, cycling. I mean, oh yeah, I'm. I'm. So my first. He's got some guns on. Yeah, he's he's fit. <laughs> he's fit. He brought the gun show with yeah, him today, <laughs> right? So my first love has always been lifting, and actually, it's been my biggest thing the last two, three years. Getting into ultra running is trying to take off the 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 muscle weight, right? That I worked so hard to put on earlier in life, and then. Um, trying to have a balance because it is a for me it's a psychologically uh happy place for me lifting weights so i've just changed up my whole entire fitness routine more like a crossfit style okay uh, more of a circuit but more with body weight more right lower weight higher reps so that i i will always keep that about a three day a week 
Um, okay. Okay. And then I do a lot of swimming for recovery. Swimming. Oh, okay. Sp- I, me and Brittany, she's my number one training partner for right. sure. Um, so we're always out on the trail together, and we're always out uh, biking together and mm-hmm. out uh, swimming together and lifting. And so, um, and then I let her go with the girls, you know, or. I encourage her to go with the girls so that I can go with my friends too. Sometimes on my adventures and stuff like that. So you mentioned that your wife's a massage therapist. So how does that come into play with your recovery? Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, I, to, There's to us so it's a no-brainer. But I just want to hear a from new you. world, right? Learning muscle recovery, and so many people like, oh, I'm out, I'm out for the season because of my knee. Right. Well, I'm out. You know, like there's so much that um, happens to the body. When things are tight, your gait changes, things are compensating for other things. Right. I've learned so much through her um, and working on that a lot of issues you think you have are just more or less uh, muscle um, imbalances right. um, that you develop because of the miles that you put on. There's no way, I, I, I can't even fathom the people that do put on 50 plus miles a week don't get regular massages. Right. And I'm not talking about a foo-foo, fluffy, no, we, you we know, know massage. Talking I'm talking about bring the house of pain. Like, I'm crying. We, like. got, we got a guy. We got a guy. <laughs> we got a guy who and does we, that for us. And we talk about it all the time because we say it's a huge tool. It's right? a huge. It's just it's, a tool. It's, it's a training tool. tool set. Right? Yeah. It's not just running. It's not rec- like swimming. It's not recovery. It's, that's a tool you need in your Right. Your, yeah. Your so I just routine. wanted to get your perspective on how oh, you it's, use that. It's key. It's key. I, I, like I said, you know, these, <laughs> these pros... I, I don't I don't think these pros I, I, they they have to have somebody you know I think most of them do now yeah you know, right I think I think they unless they're seeing somebody they're freaks of nature and their bodies are different they some of right. them are but they still have I think would have to have I, that and tool if you go to the gym if you were to see me at the gym every day my first hour is rolling out I'm I'm on the I'm on the foam roller and I'm on the trigger point ball my right. workout consists of about thirty five to forty minutes. And about an hour of sitting on that ball or sitting on that foam roller. Right. Um, so it's you know. Do you have a home gym or you go to one? No, I, I go to a gym up in up in Heber. Okay. I like the social community and stuff like that. All right, right on. I, I like the people watching. I like the foofy, <laughs> not the foofoo massage. No, 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 <laughs> not no. The, not the Groupon massage. It is. It's a waste of time. <laughs> well, because that's the thing is, if I've done those before, like early on, before I went to a real person, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. But then you go to like. You go a real, real massage, like a, a and then you sports go, massage. Yeah, therapist. and then you go back to one of those, and you're kind of like, you're like, what? What are you doing? What are you, is that? What's going on back there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're you're watching your clock going. My, I'm losing minutes here. And yeah. You're yeah. like going over that same spot with yeah. like your fingertips. Yeah, exactly. Barely, like, is, like, you, you, you better get that elbow going. Yeah, you're like <laughs> push harder. Are you like drawing like have a string? Are you drawing pictures <laughs> on my back? <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed <laughs> to guess that picture? Yeah, it's, it's a house yeah. with a picket fence. Yeah. So so. Do you would you or do you even think about running fifty milers, fifty k's? Is that kind of just? Yeah, it's it's fun. It's uh, I like. It is psychologically. There's some something that's happened. Okay, and I'll I'll be honest with you. Like these two hundred milers, it's a very kind of that that addicting self accomplishment thing. Right. So you feel I feel like a, a rubber band, that's you know been stretched out. And to only get to that maximum stretch is like a is like a two hundred miler. So a fifty right. miler doesn't feel like you're stretching that bo- that that rubber band really. So it kind of feels like oh, I'll just do this little fifty miler. However, 
that being said, running a 50 miler and racing a 50 yeah. miler two are things. two different things. Right. Running a hundred milers and racing a hundred miles, two different things. A lot of, you know, Brittany comes from uh, a triathlon background, a lot of triathlon friends. I have a lot of triathlon friends. And a lot of them look at me and they go, hey, so which one's harder, a 100-miler or an Ironman? Because I got to do an Ironman last year. And I was like, it's totally two different things. Right. I said, you may be able to compare a 50-miler with an Ironman right. because of the time frame. You race an Ironman like like a pro and get down into those nines. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard. You race it as an amateur and you get under 12. That's like kind of like that goal. Same thing with the 50 miler. Yeah. You race it like a pro and get down into those nines or you race it like an amateur and you're just trying to break that 12 hour mark. And then right. it all comes down to vert. You know, how much Good vert point. does that have? Because yep. so many people from the triathlon community ask me like, like, oh, what's your average pace? What's yeah. your average this? Which I'm like, well, how much vert yeah. is right. there going to be? You know, like, yep. Am I going to be climbing? If there's a lot of vert, I'm faster in the race series than if there's less vert. If there's more running, I'm a fast hiker. Okay. So, like, that's one thing I can do. I I can run uphill and hike fast more so than most. But when it comes to the downhill and the flat, people blow by me because I'm kind of like a unigear. You know, like a Unigear bike. I just, that rotation, a that's, gear. that's like it. all it is. It's like even going downhill at same it's speed. Same, <laughs> same, same cadence. Yeah. It's the same cadence. It's, I'm not right like, on. oh, let's open it up. No, there's no opening it up for me. <laughs> you, you did that on the way up. <laughs> yeah. Right. So are you doing the Triple Crown next year? No. No. I, it's, so there is the rumor and it's pretty confirmed that there's going to be a Grand Slam oh. in two years. So what's I think I'll be hold off for that. It's that's so it's so it's so expensive. For that's one. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. So expensive and that's then not so much commi- entry commitment fee. on yeah. Britney and stuff like that. This next year is more focused on her. It's saving I will, your money for the I do have year. plans for uh, uh something special this next year. Nice. Um that may work out, maybe not. But um the next year when they do announce the the Grand Slam That'll do you know be what tempting. that what, I mean, race what's the is going to be? Do you know where that race is going to be at? They think Arizona. She's been hit up oh. prior uh, by a race director that had a race that, um, and, and this is all speculation. This is sure, I could be completely wrong. Um, Probably not, but, though. Uh, there was a race down in Arizona that was a go, and then something happened, and he had to... Um, uh, pull out and give the money back, and then he reached out to Candace, and Candace had already had Moab, in, I think, in the works, mm-hmm. and so she wanted to pull the trigger on that first, and right. then she's kind of held this in the back pocket. And it, uh, if you always look at her Triple Crown uh, website, it's always it's called Grand Slam of Two Hundreds. Uh, what so time of year would that be? In I would imagine November, you because think so? yeah, Arizona, yeah, you couldn't go you, July. You couldn't do July, and they need to be close together, unless. To make it like a true back-to-back-to-back-to-back like that, it would need to be November. However, I guess she could throw it sometime in the late spring or early, you know, sometime in the spring, right. which would separate them. I think there is a—the difficulty level increases tremendously having those suckers back-to-back. <laughs> so, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- I can't even—but— Definitely, definitely tempting to to be able to have that self accomplishment of doing the 
but there's that's expensive. Yeah, it is. So let's talk a little bit about the Moab race, and then we can talk a little bit about what you're doing next year. So Moab was new this year. Moab brand new this year, and she would put a lot of effort into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of getting all set up. She was going out last, was it spring, scouting out the course, and then getting closer to the race, they were going out and marking it. And that kind of got my interest. I was like, this looks like a really cool course. And to be able to race that, tell us a little bit about what it entails. What was the terrain like? Um, so... This is kind of like the love-hate relationship a little bit. So I, I, I hope if she hear, she listens to this, I, I, I know the difficulty of it. To, to tie 238 miles of single track <laughs> is almost nearly impossible. Yeah. Um, after doing ta- uh, Bigfoot and Tahoe, Bigfoot by far, the most amount of um, obviously single track, you just have the right. road at the end. There's a little bit of fire road. Uh, here and there in the middle, but very, very short. Right. I I saw her dilemma of permitting and getting um, a single track basically to tie each other. So there's a lot of fire road that ties different sections together. And this is at Moab, right? This is at Moab. Okay. So that was difficult from a trail running aspect. Right. It made it for a very fast race. If you have wheels on you, like if a Mark Hammond decided to do a 200, um, somebody that had running running wheels, um, they would just dominate at, at Moab because right. there's just less vert, less uh, single track. Okay. Um, and even some of the single track, and even the LaSalle single track was just awesome. Wow. It was just incredible. Um, there's a, another little section that kind of felt like Olympus, like literally like you were hiking Olympus hmm. um, in one section. Um, and then uh, just a lot of fire road. Um, and that kind of, that that's what made for the faster times. Right. Um, o- overall for the longer distance. Um, but the beauty of Moab was just phenomenal. I was like the say, red was rock. that like distracting the that kind of balanced out the fire road in a way if i've done i've done antelope canyon i've done monument valley i've done zion have you done those back in the day when they're 100 milers i did not monument okay monuments though is a double loop right so even the 50 you see everything and then the second loops at night yeah (laughs) so let me just so i'll just say that I've done the 50 um, for each. Right. I've done the 100 at Zion, done mm-hmm. the 100 at Bryce. Um, Grand Canyon 50. Uh, I've done all those races, and so it felt like I was in all those races, like the the, the gotcha. scenery. Right. So the scenery wasn't new for me. Right. Um, I four-wheeled uh, down in Moab a lot of times. So, so it was kind of like, oh, just another day. It right? felt like another race, just get her done. Just, it's I almost just, like I, work at that point. It right? was working and get her done. Yeah. There was some times, there's this one point, um, I was out with Aunt Andrea as my pacer, and the sun was coming up, and we found ourselves in this valley. I really thought I was in a John Wayne movie. Oh, <laughs> like, awesome. It was it. the sun coming yep. up on the red rocks on the side. Yep. I was in a, a actually vegetation valley with a uh, nice um, a ravine basically going through it, pretty deep ravine, 
sitting up on a shelf on the edge. Uh, red rocks on both sides, kind of like if you've ever done Zion Traverse, yep. uh, hot, hot Valley. Okay. So you kind of felt like you're in this hot uh, hot valley, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> this is beautiful. Right. <laughs> that section was beautiful. Uh, I really liked um, Porcupine Rim and okay. that you do on mountain bike or on uh, off-roading. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaSalle's was just phenomenal. LaSalle's was like, all of a sudden, I felt like I was back at home. Okay. Yeah. Like, Once you got in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, it's a lot oh, better than being down you. the desert floor. The so time. I heard that that course got vandalized a little bit. Yeah. Right. I this is I heard there was two sections. Mm-hmm. Um, got vandalized up in LaSalle's. Right. The front runners got, some of the front runners got lost. All right. Um, and some of even the back people, I think a sign fell down and, um, Sylvia, which is a local, uh, she ended up doing like some crazy, like fifteen or sixteen extra miles. Oh, she uh, ended up the the trail came out, and it was pretty much the exact same section as before that the front runners got um, two and a half miles out from the aid station in Uha Lake. Uh, you come out of a trailhead into a parking lot, and you're supposed to go right through the parking lot and into the next trailhead, heading towards the aid station. And uh, she ended up taking, I think, a left there oh. and taking the fire road or basically the uh, a service road. Right. Um, the other people ended up, I think, they people actually took time to change the arrows oh. and change some of the flagging. Like Jeez. they really purposely That's changed like a criminal things. act. That's yeah. pretty messed up. Yeah, it is. That is. So, how does she safeguard against that? Because you know that's going to happen. You can. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, does she have people going out and checking the flagging? You, so, once it's reported, it, once it's reported, so these, there's these two guys that work for her. I mean, those guys by far, I want to know how many miles they put in <laughs> right? that week besides um, marking it. Right. Um, I've almost every race, I've seen them deep into the race with a ton of gear, right. with flags, remarking stuff that got either uh, right. uh, vandalized, mm-hmm. taken down, and stuff. I saw them at Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't see them at Tahoe this year, um, but they had to do it last year. Last year, a huge section got taken out Jeez. by a bunch of uh, horseback riders. And the only way that I was able to find my way through is I had the GPX downloaded on my watch. Okay. And I was following it. Right. So um, most there's a lot of people running in circles coming back. I, oh, I don't man. think it's that's the way and stuff like oh, that. Oh my gosh! Big pack of us. That's such up. a mind game at that yeah, point. It does. Oh, like you need that much t- more. 150 miles in. That's how far Oha Lake. You know, you're about 150, 170 miles in. You're just like, like, did, what? Y- y- it's hard to even at that point. Right. I was with Nate and I was telling Nate, I was like, we just got to get that aid station because. For some reason, my brain wants to turn off. It, it, yeah. it's, it's time to go to bed. It's, right. It's like my brain wants to turn off. So it's like, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine following the wrong flag and how, like, just you might as well somebody kicked you in the balls right. or something oh like yeah. that at that point. So speaking of GPX, so it seems like now people are, I don't even know what the app is called. Uh, G- G- Gia? Yeah. Gia. G- yeah. So did you use that? Yeah. I that you it was kind of like phone, highly right? recommended for us to load it okay. on our phones just in case. I never actually I used it in one section. Okay. Um where they rerouted a route and so my watch was taking me a different way. Oh. And uh, the flagging was taking me another way, and then we got the we got the um, GPX file out. But the, even the GPX file was still the old way. Oh, uh, luckily I asked a 
one of the uh, we had a I, I just follow the flags. The flags were so well marked and so predominantly marked. I just right. kept following the flags. Okay. Um, but yeah, it led us a different way that I think they just didn't get the permitting at that time. But yes, uh, very great app. You load the GPX file in it. It mm-hmm. downloads the maps in those areas of the ja- and it's available offline. It's a game changer. Right. And so you just put your phone in airplane mode. Yeah, and just right? GPS, GPS on. Conserve your battery and you just roll with it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. I think I'd have to do that. I like it on my watch. Right? I would totally. <laughs> I would totally do. Do. I like so that's it on another my watch. question. So, are you carrying the the little portable charger? Yeah. For I, your so I got the Phoenix. I only had the Phoenix Three. I wish I had the Phoenix Five X because it has those maps on it. Okay. It's pretty dang, dang cool. Is it? Um, but the Phoenix Three, I just I load the GPX files in, and um, it'll it just it points the way. It vibrates when I get off get off trail really so if oh, i get cool. off trail that's within cool. even in probably a couple hundred feet right it'll start it'll vibrate and it'll tell me off trail wow. you know and so i can take a look at the i can take a look at the map to see where my arrow is pointing so it does have maps it just doesn't have topo maps like the 5x has now okay so are you carrying a, a map with you as well no. like a physical map okay. no no these are so well marked are they it's, it's so well marked it's so you know, I, you might talk about the spine in a little bit or something like that, but the spine, you you have to take a, a GPS. You have to take your phone. You have to take a like compass. compass. You have to take a paper map too. Right. You have to have all this backup, and then plus, then I load it on my I load the GPS on my on my watch too. Okay. But I charge it on the go because of that. It's a nice grip to it. And I'll throw it in my pack and charge. It charges in about like say five or six minutes. Or Does fi- it? Like about. Five hours, I think. Okay. It is. So between one, one aid station. Right. Hmm. So. So you brought up the spine, and so the first time we heard about the spine race was through Canis. Canis. Right. Yep. And, and Dom. You guys were gonna go over to England, and run this crazy old race in the middle of the winter. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, last year. It's pretty crazy. Right. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. And are you going to go back this year? So I'll start with that. Yeah, I'll just uh, briefly, you know, I definitely want to save that for because there's so much to talk about on that one. Really? So, yeah, um, went last year, uh, took a took a crack at it. I actually uh, got injured um, right in the very first, like, 15 miles. My IT just, just flared up because I fell off. They have these stones that lead across the really heavy marshy areas. Right. That the the government has kind of like precast stones that they put in. Well, there was another race the same day that we were running the spine mm-hmm. that were coming against us. Oh, great. oh wow! So they only had they they were just wearing you know like shorts, t shirts, and uh, they they were going fast. It was right. a shorter race, uh, handhelds and stuff. And um, I kind of noticed that that the first couple that passed by, they didn't really care to move over. <laughs> they were in a hurry. And so we, as sp- uh, the spine racers, we have our huge packs on. We got right. front packs on. We got our trekking poles. We're, like, loaded down. My pack's almost just under 30 pounds oh just because of all the water and stuff I was carrying. Right. With the unknown. You're just in the unknown. Aid stations are about 40, 45 miles apart from each other. Mm-hmm. So um, I s- ended up stepping off one of the stones thinking I'm stepping on harder ground. Went through all the way up to my hip and, like, what they call a bog, Ugh. basically, um, and got stuck in there. Like, I'd actually have racers, like, pull me out. Well, it kind of kinked my hips. Right. And within, like, five miles going, 
I, my, my IT was just flaring up. Right. So 15 miles in, I end up going 200 miles of the race. And how so, long is the race officially? Uh, race is seven days. It's 280, uh, 268 miles. Right. Um, goes from Adele, uh, Edel, E-D-A-L-E, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, England, uh, just south uh, east of Manchester, and then it heads up and along the border of Scotland and into Scotland. Wow. wow that sounds awesome, though. It, 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 by far. My car. Well, some of the aid stations <laughs> are like in the pubs, right? Yeah, yeah. We talked okay, to Cass about that's that. That's right. That would be the hardest thing for me, leaving <laughs> the pub. That's what it would be. Right? Fish and chips and a Exactly. Beer. You just crush like 2,000 calories, <laughs> and then you got beer in your stomach. I'm good, fellas. Here's Go my Go back out in yeah. the rain, the wind, yes, and the no. cold. I'm going to stay in here. I'll be in there singing songs. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah what's your football song here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I am going back this year. I, I uh, My feet end, ended up blowing up. I made some critical mistakes with my compression sleeves and didn't take them off. I think it held fluid in my feet when I'd sleep. Oh yeah, they got bigger and bigger. Right. Each time I took a took a rest, and I got to the point where I, even with my ultras with the foot uh, insoles taken out, my my laces totally undone, wouldn't even fit into my shoes. Wow. They're oh just my huge. Goodness. Fred Flintstone stuff. And that's stuff. what yeah. oh is crazy, and so that's what pretty much killed killed that race. It wasn't so your hip? It was your fr- it was your fl- it was well, your flippers. It slowed me down. <laughs> your <like> flippers. <laughs> yeah. By the time I pulled out of there, I could have been, I should have been done by the right. time I. You know, but I'm getting the sense that you're rather stubborn. Uh, yeah, you right. <laughs> I mean, aren't you get, getting yeah, the same for thing? Sure. I'm, okay, I'm I'm rather cheap. You pay all that money to go there. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finishing this race. I yeah. paid for this thing. <laughs> yeah. My money's worth it. I'm gonna finish. That's right. <laughs> that's so, awesome. So you are going. That's in January. That's in January. That's my next uh, next venture right now. Is right. It, who is anybody else going from around um, here? Canis is up in the air right now. He got invited to in a, to be on a pro adventure series down in uh, New Zealand or I'm something. I'm going to recommend he not do that. Yeah, he's just but recovering. He's still, he's still recovering. And yeah. that, too, yeah. he just ran his first run I saw that. just the last week. Um, I, it's totally up to him. Uh, but he doesn't have that luck. Like, there's, he's got bad luck with those now, right? <laughs> he does. I don't know. Couple, I think. I, he's I think just at that point, you just call. It, I'm retired. I'm done. Uh, I almost almost cracked I, my skull I, open last time. Maybe I should retire. Maybe the third time's like oh. the charm is just gonna take it or something <laughs> yeah. like that. I don't know. <laughs> can go Dom's way. going back. Oh, uh, of course. The it's still up in the area. I think he's just going back. For another, he's trying to do a sub twenty four on that challenger. Oh, um, I really, I really want to see what he can do, stepping it up and doing the, t- the the longer distance and giving some of those front runners a real run for their money on. Yeah, because he has wheels. That yeah. guy, he does, and he's super analytical by the way. Oh yeah, super, right? oh yeah. I it's just it, he just the, 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 when I was explaining before, the biggest thing that you got to remember is there's so much time. Like, so if he runs into any issues, he just needs to remember there's so much time in this race. So much can happen. Right. So, you know, hang in there and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. most of the time, um, some of the faster guys with uh, some of the faster races and they're trying to place in the top, you know, in the top, it's like uh, little things are deal breakers. Yeah. So um, with this being such a longer race, I mean, that's just a – and that, all it is is just takes experience and, and a little bit of psychological of just, like, hanging in there and having fun with it and just – and then he – just the wheels on him, and he'll he'll pull it off. Might as well take both of them. Might as well have the uh, <laughs> FKT on both of those. There you yeah. go. So <laughs> own them both. That's awesome. So that's in January, and then you're kind of just taking B 
besides something fun, you're going to kind of take it off, let your wife kind of do her races Yeah, next so year. she has a couple of triathlon. Uh, she's going to do probably St. George with some friends, and then um, we're trying to pick out a full. The funny thing is, is I say she, <laughs> I always end up getting roped into them too. So that if I pick out a full, that means – or. Sh- she picks out a full, it means I pick out a full too. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like a tra- keeping my training up while not racing. racing. The big thing, throw this out for the listeners and some of the people to think about, because it's not a for sure thing, but I'm, I'm putting it in the works, is I've always wanted to run Wasatch, but Wasatch runs on the same weekend as Tahoe. So why not run them both? Oh. <laughs> So I wait. A minute, you how you gonna do that? Okay. So you think <laughs> about it. So Wasatch starts at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mountain Standard Time, which right. is 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay. Okay. So if I'm trained up, I grind it out and just uh, keep myself not going crazy fast, but turning out a good Wasatch. I'm I'm saying I'm I'm even trying to say 28 hours. Okay. I can pull out a healthy 28 hour wasatch basically you know you're finishing right there with four hours past so it's like it's like an eight nine a.m uh saturday morning finish so now we're we're 25 24 hours because tahoe starts at 9 a.m which is on saturday here so it's you're at 23 hours into tahoe you you finish Wasatch in Heber, not two miles away from the Heber airport. <laughs> You've really thought this through. <laughs> so I have a few friends that have access to some fairly faster private airplanes. <laughs> Your Air Force Base got an F fifteen. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> right, get the F thirty five. No, that's 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 Phil has that access. Yeah, right. <laughs> Phil's second seat behind. He's got to like rope Tom him in or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know. So um, I. Load up, take a nap, eat, whatever, <laughs> throw the Norman Tech boots on, yeah. fly into Truckee, have a crew there waiting, pick you up at the airport, take you to the starting at Homewood. Hopefully not too much more past 24 hours past the start. So they're 24 hours in. The the, the uh, Basically, the um, I figure aid stations are picked up. From some of them, yeah, right? Early ones. Uh, the flags of the the sweepers are coming in. Right. So I talked to Candice. She's she says that there's some legal issues that she needs to like address to find out if it's even possible. Good point. So basically, I pick up my spot tracker mm-hmm. at the starting. I go, but I'm on the same time start as everyone else. Right. So my average time, you know, mid seventies for a Tahoe. With issues. I mean, I've had issues. Like, I had 12 hours of issues this last year at 71 hours. So if I, if healthy going out of Wasatch (laughs) into Tahoe and just sit at that grind and have my crew as the aid stations. Right. Until I catch the the sweepers. Right. And that's probably not going to happen until the last 50 miles. If, right. if it's going to happen. Which you know. is a great goal, right? And then my, my, the, to make it legit is to catch the final cutoff of 100 hours right. and finish it by Tuesday at, I think it's like 1, 8, 1 p.m. or something okay. for Tahoe. I mean, to make it so I did Wasatch and I did Tahoe 
in the same weekend. Okay, you just up Jared Campbell. I'm sorry. He's wanted not to do Wasatch Lodija. Uh, I cannot wrap so my I head around rap. that. So this is like a whole well, new realm. Is, I mean, Lodija is two, right? 200? Yeah, but you're on you're a, bike. a bike. Yeah. And, and you're, you're only going to the, Logan. You're only in the same state. You're talking about getting on a jet <laughs> and flying out and starting 24 so hours after everybody else. The hurdle, obviously, I have to go into the lottery like everybody else. So I have, There's to, get the hurdle. I have to get drawn. <laughs> The okay, next hurdle. You, you're going to, listen, anybody that sits in that seat right there. Yeah, they get drawn. <laughs> they get drawn. We All get right. people sit there. There you go. They get into Hard Rock. Yeah. They get into Western <laughs> States. They get into Wasatch. Don't worry. We got you covered. We got you covered. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you're in Wasatch. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I just think awesome documentary, if it works out, awesome. I just think it's it's so stupid. It is. It's so stupid. It's awesome. Well, just make well, sure the, that. The logistics are going to be. The tough part. That's going to be the hard part. Just yeah. make and sure. it might not happen. It might right. not happen. Yeah. Kansas might not be able to get over that legality but just of letting you catch up after the race has started. Unless I just have my own spot tracker and I, uh, what do you call it? Bandit, uh, kind of. Bandit, bandit. bandit run it. <sighs> yeah. But just then it brings up the issue. Are you going to use that? Uh, once you catch, are you going to use the aid stations or are you just going to use crew then? Well, he's already almost there. Well, you can well I use over. crew in the aid stations up until the time that I Catches can use yeah, but if you're, band, the race if you're a bandit rule, runner, though, I still I still follow the rules. Yeah, because in my mind, if nothing happens, me all goes well, and if she just kind of wants to kind of like stand away from it and not, right. not have any illegal legal issues, right. just I just run it. Yep. And then nothing happens, and I catch, and I finish, and everything's good. I pay her the entry fee, maybe, and and get the buckle. Pay as you play. <laughs> all right. You go into the aid station. You pay the menu. I think that's a great idea. Just make sure. I on just that think, I just that's. I like the idea. I do too. Just make sure on that plane there's more than peanuts and pretzels, though, yeah. for your yeah. drive Those over. Those hamburgers, mini water bottles. Yeah, yeah there's sliders, a bunch of sliders. Bunch of sliders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I mean, you've already got some of it dialed in. I bet you could make it happen. Yeah, you, you know, just gotta get in the wash. I had to yeah. get in the wash that. And, and then, because Wasatch doesn't have to worry about anything. I no, mean, no. I'm just running it. Just doing that. Yep. And so, <laughs> Thanks, guys. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> so then, hurry up, print that plaque off. <laughs> and survive, obviously. Yeah, exactly. It, hopefully, it's Don't not blow a up. super hot year. Seems like it, it, we're about <laughs> time for a storm, you know, yeah, or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Something cooler weather, because they keep having these hot Wasatches. So right. knock that out and then uh, make my way over there and grind out. Grind it out. There you go. See, that's what I'm saying. People keep setting the bar. So you got 100 well, to 200. What does Scott Jaime say? As you get older, you got to go longer to stay yeah. relevant, right? Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a grinder. Yeah. Right? So it's right up your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. I like We're not that. going out there to win anything. Team grinder. Just grinding. <laughs> I like, I like, I I like team I'm a grinder. I'm a grinder. I'm not, I'm not fast. Man. I'll never be fast. At what point is it going to be enough? I don't know. FK because that's kind of hairbrain, right? AT or FKT oh on the PCT. Gosh. I don't know. Running home I can't from even think, I can't even, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't even think about something like that. Like the AT just makes my brain hurt. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so here, I had a question. So in between the events, what are you doing? Between Recovery the 200s. Wise? So between the like gym. Just normal. Going to the pool. Getting a Jamba Juice. Go, go, going on group runs. <laughs> just hanging so out. So nothing's changing, really. You no. gotta recover. You're, you're, I'm recovering right now. So is I, your volume the same? I have a issue right now that I I developed at at Moab, a little tendon issue. That's just I just need to let it heal. So I'm not running right now. I'm just doing gym stuff. Right. And then. Uh, but in between the events, is your volume the same? Between Bigfoot oh, and no. Tahoe, what you, like I might run like, like so between Bigfoot and Tahoe. Right. Uh, basically, uh, 
I ran like maybe 25 or 30 miles total. Okay. Between Tahoe and Moab, I ran 10. What's the One what's the time frame between One, Saturday before Bigfoot <laughs> and Tahoe? <laughs> like three and a half. Weeks. It's like all down. Is it three and a half weeks? Yeah, between three and a half weeks between Bigfoot and Tahoe. Okay. Four and a half weeks between uh, Tahoe and uh, Moab. So, so you think about it, it's just over like sixty. It's like sixty three days or sixty four days. Okay. From the start of Bigfoot mm-hmm. to the finish of Moab. Right. So, so 64 days, 645 so a little over two miles. miles. So why don't you like do the triple, like run Bigfoot, rest, and then run to the Tahoe start, <laughs> run that race. Run to the Tahoe start. And then run to the Moab. I thought about Moab. riding my bike. I've actually thought about that. Like riding <laughs> you, see? my bike with <laughs> the trailer. Right oh my gosh. Show up at the, because they'd bus you from the finish line to the start at, at Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. Run it. Recu- you know, just do my like, like, and then get on the bike and ride back to Utah. Gosh. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, God, what I else mean, are you going to do? That passed through my mind. It's not like you're running between those. Am I excited those? about <laughs> an idea like that? Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. <laughs> I don't know. That's just crazy. <laughs> so, see, there is more. We're sitting here talking about how crazy 200s are, and then he's checking out 100, 200. He's like, oh, I'm going to do the 300 weekends. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. It's just, you know, just a couple of days. And yeah. then when I'm done, I'm going to jump in Lake Tahoe and cool off. And and swim across and it. And bikes, there's a triathlon. I mean, biking, you tighten up those hips so yeah. much to, to ride that mm-hmm. far. And then, I mean, you would definitely need some massage work and some a uh, little bit of a rest and, a, and uh, maybe even a chiropractor before you start Bigfoot. You could probably have access to those. Oh my <laughs> Unless you're just homeless on a bike. That you know, that guy, just that guy that just goes around everywhere, and that's just uh, just. You don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. No, because they got long beards, not f- trimmed, and everything. I know. They're kind of gnarly looking. True. It was gnarly. I had to trim it down. It was getting crazy. <laughs> it had its mind of its own for a while. Yeah, because somebody. Well, who was it? Um, was it Logan or Brad? Brad. You have a nick. He call you a nickname. Oh, he calls me Bald Jesus. Yes, <laughs> that's what he called me. <laughs> Bald Jesus. Yep. He's like, because we talked to him, he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, Bald Jesus." Yep. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Man, I just crazy. I have a lot more questions. I think I just don't know where to start. Yeah, I mean that's the whole yeah. thing because you have a question, which right. turns into five more questions. Exactly, it's like this family tree. It just keeps mm-hmm. branching off into more. We could always give crazy. Turtle a run for his money and just bite, keep biting me back. Well, I that's think easy so. to do because you got <laughs> spine coming up, right? That's so. true. I want to talk to you after the spine. That's totally different. He's he's gonna have to start stressing about his his his. Uh, He'll be on the ho- he'll be on the horn with us right after the show. Oh, hey guys, know. I'll be in town. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. I got I'm bringing tacos. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we definitely want to have you back on because there's just so much more to talk about. Not just two hundreds, but yeah. with everything else, right? Yeah, yeah after mean, the spine, that'd be cool. Go up to the Park City Run Company. Yeah, we love hanging Sit out down there. there. Yeah, we love it up there. It's good yeah. fun. Yeah. And you got your shiny two, Tahoe 200 yeah, buckle on that's today. Awesome. That's last that year's. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. last year's? Yeah. That's awesome. I like the shirt. That's such a good mm-hmm. color scheme. Moab 240. Mm-hmm. And so is Ultra. They, I mean, you got the shoes. You got the hat. So I'm a, yeah, I'm an Ultra ambassador. I like okay. those shoes. What These shoes are, are those? These are the XTs. They're, uh, they're CrossFit shoe. Ooh. Gym shoe. It's right. real stable. I, I'm in love with them, actually. Okay. Uh, my go-to uh, trail shoe for my 200s is my Paradigms. It's actually a Maximus road shoe. Road right? shoe. Yeah. Uh, if you look at most of their elitists running there, they, they run, you know, depending on the terrain, 
but if the train's not too crazy, most right. of their latest are running in the uh, paradigms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just and it, and I've never had traction issues in it. Right. <laughs> so I've done a I just I did it all in paradigm except for probably a, about sixty miles of of Bigfoot I did in the. Uh, Temps uh, was that the steeper section? That w- it was. There's a steep section and the water crossings that okay. I was okay. concerned about slipping. So, or something. Um, oh, but I sixty miles. Over. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just pittance. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very just far. Just had time to tie them and exactly. dig them off. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that's, that's crazy. Else, man. Uh, we were excited to have you on. Just the two hundred thing. We just, I still don't understand, but at least gives me a little more perspective. I oh, guess you guys, you guys will eat it up. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, go eat, I'll eat up eleven. I'll pace you. <laughs> He's looking I'm, right at Joel. I'll I know, pace I you. <laughs> well, I've got this harebrained idea for next year too, but I'm not going to talk about it because I, I you think you talk I, about it. I, it, has it to well, no, then it's bad luck. I think for me, it is really. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to keep it down low, and then at the end of next year, maybe if I. Like accomplish it, I'll talk about it. I throw it out in the. <laughs> I have to throw something out in the universe enough times that it's like, okay, I've told enough people. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of suckered into it now. Gotcha. So, fair enough. Saying it on a podcast pretty yeah. much ropes me in. Yeah. What you, do you think yeah. about doing a 200, no pace or no crew? Yeah, that is that is something I want to do. Right. Just show up, drop bags. Yeah. Um, you take just care of yourself. Do it. Yeah. Doesn't sound doesn't sound as appealing because I absolutely psychologically enjoy. Knowing that my wife is at that aid station, okay. And if it's a sleep station, I'm gonna crawl up into my tent, <laughs> all right. And it's uh, super comfortable, and it just like get it a makes rib me pop happy. back it in. It makes me happy. <laughs> so like, right. like that whole it, it's that'll be definitely a whole uh, spine, no pacers, right. Um, you could only see your crew at the aid stations this year. And but your um, crew might be like pissed drunk, <laughs> lit up at the <laughs> right. <pub. laughs> if I crewed, if I crewed you at the spine, <laughs> don't, count on, <laughs> <laughs> don't count on right? me. Don't count on me, man. <laughs> oh my I'll be on top of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure there's my guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my guy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll have you back on. Uh, cause we want to yeah. talk about the spine, even this 200 stuff. It's there's just too yeah. much more to go on that. There is, especially with Joel. He's 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 almost there. I think after this show, he's no. close. He's no. really close. Not at all. I'll send I, you the I link. Need, you know, my my guns need to be as big as his. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be that'll be like my my barometer, my marketer, right? I have to get to that point. All right, then you have to work out in the gym. Then I'd have to find one. Yeah, <laughs> you got to carry him. <laughs> I know you got to carry your guts. Yeah, but, when you, but when you have your like late in the race and you're like hallucinating and you're having that pose down because that's where you're at <laughs> psychologically. Pose right? down with a cactus. You guys exactly. Need to take a look at some of my pictures and see what the poses look like. It's Dude, you're like, like up there, like going, look at this. It's pretty much the poses are like this, like stress my face, like I'm taking a dump or something. <laughs> 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 so that hey that brings up another question <laughs> so you're eating a lot so what, what are you doing like for bathroom breaks is it like just, I try wherever to, i try to do eight stations just hit you yeah. like holding that turtle in <laughs> until you hit the eight station yeah. it doesn't i don't know i've never had like like full-on disaster pants like chewbacca I in did the woods tahoe tahoe i had to go out i had to go out in the in the in the brush and yeah you know it's leave no trace behind so that you have to dig the hole mm-hmm Cover it back up and then right. pack out a, a sandwich bag of your your wipes. Yeah, so, your duty. But other than that, I, th- I think that's the only that's one time. Hmm. I, I time it pretty good. I've been pretty lucky. You got well, that. if you're kind of eating the burgers, a solid food that might help a little bit. 
Yeah. You know? or, or you might be spending more time in yeah. the woods. Yeah, as long as you're not doing like Beto's burritos or that uh, type of thing. Yeah. Psychologically, you're pulling into the aid station, you start thinking about it, you're like, maybe I need to use the restroom here. <laughs> it's like, it's it's like it's driving like, the kids to Disneyland in a car. Next bathroom, <laughs> 40 <laughs> miles. <laughs> now we're keeping no, going. No, that's true, it right? Is. It is. It's like, it's now or never. <laughs> Next rest stop, 40 miles. Yeah, I got to go, Dad. Pull over. <laughs> well, right on. Uh, congratulations, though. Yeah, I mean, hey, Holy cow. It. Such an amazing feat. Again, I mean... Yeah. 225 hours, 53 minutes <laughs> for, what, 440 miles-ish? Six, 645. 600, yes, yeah, because I forgot about Yeah, two is not the ones, right? I'm yeah. looking at your shirt. Two times. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's awesome, though. Congrats. You look great all the way through, even your photos. I mean, kind of yeah. smile on your face. Canis was posting a lot during the Moab race yeah. on social media. Been pushing along, chugging along. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like I'm, I'm in my happy place. That's what makes it even so. worth it even more, right? You you're, you signed up for it. Might yeah. as well enjoy it. And yep, you're cheap. That's true. So you got to get your money's worth. Good point. <laughs> you said that. So, well, right on. Congratulations. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, um, thank We'll you. definitely get you back on the show. Thanks for having me in the um, bus. Yeah, Studio 78 is uh, is running, so we're still good. It's still warm out. Yeah, it is. Relatively speaking. Um, but, yeah, we'll hope to get you on. Uh, spines in January. We'll head up to Park City Run Co. and hit you up, up there somewhere in, in the comforts of the Park City Run Co. For sure. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Ben. Hey, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Ben Light for taking the time to come down and join us in Studio 78. We also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There you can check out some cool swag. Get yourself a beanie before they're gone, or you can hit us up on the contact page. Let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.